0: This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is
1: Chuck Chrismeyer. It was a message from Benjamin Ermston. Peace and justice. Father Benjamin J. Ermsden from Xavier University. He declared, one day, it dawned on me what our world would be like if we had a world democracy. I imagine how a democratic world federation could help global climate change, the global economy, and the suffering of war and violence. And at the head of the document, all 73 pages, is World Order. Add the word "new" and you have it. Just as the current Pope, Pope Francis, has announced, it's utterly amazing, utterly amazing, my friends. But it's happened. Pope Francis called for the new world order again, after the corona's pandemic, aligning with call. With the call among globalist leaders for a great reset in response to the coronavirus pandemic, Pope Francis makes the case for a new world order in his book published yesterday. That world, he explains in the book God and the World to Come, is characterized by a shift to a green economy based on inclusiveness. All the buzzwords. After the coronavirus panic, he said... No one today can afford to rest easy. The world will never be the same again, said the Pope. We must grasp those signs which may prove to be the cornerstones of Reconstruction. Francis stated, we cannot emerge from a crisis the same as before. Sounds like Rahm Emanuel. Remember, under Barack Obama, Rahm Emanuel, his head counsel said don't ever let a crisis go without taking advantage of it. That's exactly what Francis is stating here. We cannot emerge from a crisis the same as before. We must take advantage of it. The Pope said justice can be healed by building a new world order based on solidarity. The path to humanity's salvation, he says, passes through the creation of a new model of development which unquestionably focuses on coexistence among peoples in harmony with creation. Have you ever seen that bumper sticker, Coexist? That's exactly the motto of Pope Francis. He says, if we seize the current trial as an opportunity, we can prepare for tomorrow under the banner of human fraternity. What do all these words mean? Against this planetary discord? He said, we need political action that is the fruit of international harmony. So Francis called for an end to short-sighted nationalism. In other words, get rid of our countries and other forms of what he called political selfishness. Let's form a new world order, a new global democracy, governed, of course, by him and the elites under him that share the vision He said the world needs new systems that promote equality and unity. Pope Francis asserted it is not enough to refine existing systems. He opposes a right to property for individuals. Did you hear that? Pope Francis opposes a right to property for individuals, contending a social purpose and a common good must come from sharing the earth's resources of course, owned and operated and governed by a one-world government with him at the head. Today on Viewpoint, we're going to take a look at these developments. You know, if you were old enough, you would remember back, I think it was in the 1970s, a phrase that came out called, stop the world, I want to get off. Stop the world, I want to get off. Do you ever feel like that? I'll tell you, given the responsibilities that I have here uh, with this ministry and with uh, not only reporting things as they take place, but also putting them in biblical perspective so that people can be prepared and so that people can be encouraged and strengthened and girded for the times that we're in and the times that are ahead. There are times I, I just feel like I'm on a treadmill because it's coming so rapidly now. Absolutely, rapidly. And yet, if you were to go to Wikipedia and you were to put in the term "World New World Order, here's what you'd come up with. I have it right in front of me. New World Order Conspiracy Theory. The New World Order is a conspiracy theory which hypothesizes a secretly emerging totalitarian world government. The common theme in conspiracy theories about a new world order is that a secretive power elite with a globalist agenda is conspiring to eventually rule the world through an authoritarian world government which will replace sovereign national states and an all-encompassing propaganda whose ideology hails the establishment of the new world order as the culmination of history's progress. Friends, You may have called this a conspiracy theory before the 1990s, but you cannot call it a conspiracy theory today because it's been declared openly and notoriously by three popes in a row, Pope Francis, before him Pope Benedict, and before him Pope John Paul II. All three of them called for and declared a new world order. Were they just involved in some conspiracy theory? No, they have a much, much bigger vision. The question is, what is that vision? How are we to understand it? Well, it's interesting. If you go back to Time Magazine, back oh a while back, during the reign of Tony Blair. Tony Blair, you remember, was the prime minister of uh, Britain, And uh, after he left the prime ministership, he went to visit with the Pope. And after visiting with the Pope, he decided to convert to Catholicism. Then, on May 29, 2008, the former British prime minister declared, quote, I'll dedicate the rest of my life to uniting the world's religions. Faith, he said, is part of our future, an essential part of making globalization work. He said faith could be a civilizing force in globalization. The year before, he had converted to Catholicism after meeting numerous times with the Pope. And then on May 30th, 2008, Mr. Blair formally announced the Tony Blair Faith Foundation. And here's what he said. Into this new world comes the force of religious faith. His goal was to bring the six leading faiths together, Christian, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, Sikh, and Jewish. He said this, religion is the new politics. As the new Catholic convertee, he said religion is the new politics. Religious faith will be the same significance to the 21st century as political ideology was to the 20th century. And then... He was serving as the Middle East peacemaker, the official emissary of the United States, the European Union, United Nations, and Russia. And wait to hear what Time Magazine had to say, what his declaration was about the Tony Blair Faith Foundation. It helps us to understand the bigger picture. We'll be right back. Today we look at the rapid developments in and toward this new global order, referred to, euphemistically, as the Great Reset. The founder and head of the World Economic Forum, Haas Haas Klaus, actually declared that we are entered the Great Reset, which is... Another term for the New World Order. When Joe Biden was elected president, John Kerry, as I've indicated so many times here on the air, came out about 30 days ago and stated that the election of Joe Biden opened the door now for the New World Order. Then he went on to meet with the World Economic Forum and... John Kerry, the newly appointed environmental czar for Joe Biden, declared that the advancement toward this new world order was going to take place much, much more quickly than anybody would have ever imagined. Would you not declare that when the Pope, Pope Francis, yesterday launched his new book, Calling for the New World Order, after having already called for it a number of times, and then aligned it with the Great Reset in response to the coronavirus. Isn't he actually making the case for this new world order and linking it to the coronavirus, the pandemic, and then calling it God and the world to come? What world is this that he's talking about? Normally, when you hear the term, the world to come, you're referring to eternity after this world. But that doesn't appear to be what Pope Francis is talking about. He's using that term so that many will mistake what he really means. He's talking about this world, God and the world to come. And he's talking about a great shift Some have referred to it as the shift in global consciousness. That's what the New Agers call it. The shift to global consciousness. Do you know when that began? Well, from the New Age perspective, it began December 20th of 2020. What happened on December 20th, 2020? Well, it was the Convergence. It was the amazing astronomical convergence of Saturn and Jupiter not to occur again for thousands of years, perhaps. And they said that was the dawning of the age of Aquarius. So if we go back to 2000, excuse me, 1967, when the fifth dimension recorded that song as part of the musical hair, the Broadway musical hair, this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius, talking about the great peace that was going to come on the planet. Everything was going to be wonderful. Everything was going to be perfect. It was going to, the whole world was going to devolve into a massive utopia, heaven on earth. So Francis plays into that, and he says, this book is explaining God and the world to come. Not the world after this world but the world here that's the new utopia that is the new world order what does all this mean how are we to understand it is there anything we should understand about it how could we prepare well the preparation that we can prepare is not about buying guns even though guns are flying off the shelves like never before, and it's almost impossible for people to find ammunition. But is that the kind of preparation that God would be calling for? What kind of preparation would God be calling for? If Jesus were sitting here behind this microphone and talking about this issue, what would he be talking about? Where would he be putting his focus? Well, that would be where we want to put our focus, wouldn't it? He wouldn't ignore the facts on the ground, because facts are facts. But he would interpret those facts in a way that would be consistent with his Father's ultimate kingdom vision. Because Jesus had said, seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and then all the other things will come into place. From God's viewpoint, that is. Not from our viewpoint, but from God's viewpoint. The problem that we have as human beings is, the more we have expunged ourselves from God's authority and the fear of the Lord, the more we have tended to fill the gap. Because remember, nature abhors a vacuum. And so we fill that vacuum with our own ideas, our own theories, including the concept of a utopian new world order. And that's what's happening. And indeed, three popes in a row supposedly carrying this banner of the Vicar of Christ, are actually looking at something that is very fleshly. Oh, it can be argued that it's spiritually founded. But the reality is, it's about self-salvation. It's about man saving himself. Which actually brings up another issue having to do with a billionaire by the name of Bill Gates. Here's an article. Billionaire Bill Gates, co-founder of Microsoft Corporation, is called entrepreneur, normal guy, and potential savior of the world. What does that mean? Another one. Bill Gates' messianic plan to control the world. How does that fit with the Pope's vision for a new world order? Maybe we should begin to try to tie the dots together, connect those dots. Because if we don't connect the dots, all we see is a bunch of separate uh, pieces of information out there that are fascinating, they're interesting, but they don't go anywhere. They just don't go anywhere, do they? It's just information. So you might say in one sense, we're translating truth right here on Viewpoint for Our Times. Or you could say it's the institute in applied biblical truth. We're not just about information. We're about transformation. But let's go back to what we were talking about just before the end of the the first segment. Tony Blair. Serving as the Middle East peacemaker, the official emissary of the United States, the European Union, the United Nations, and Russia at that time, in 2008, told Time magazine that he converted to Catholicism to fully share his family's faith. Wait a minute. His family's faith? He was a Protestant. A Protestant from England. But Time Magazine said he plainly enjoys being part of a worldwide community with shared value traditions and rituals. In a sense, observed Time Magazine. Now listen to this, what Time Magazine said. The Catholic Church has long embodied the attributes of globalization that now engage Blair. The rising spirit of globalism is compelling and profoundly deceptive. And it's drawing business and corporate leaders, political leaders, spiritual leaders, Jewish leaders, even professed Christian leaders and Protestants of every stripe. It's kind of become the end thing. It seemed to be cool, a mark of modern savvy and of market and ministry success. But what happened to the master? Christ, he's become little more than a mascot in pursuit of this secondary agenda. It has wed the world in a counterfeit pursuit of unity or oneness. And that's what it's about. It's a counterfeit pursuit of unity outside of Christ. Now, before we go further, looking back at the Pope's announcement of the new world order again, and breaking it down just a little bit, let's go back to John chapter 17. In John chapter 17, the Gospel of John, called Jesus' high priestly prayer. We know that he said that they may be one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me. That's the marketing tool for the high priestly prayer. That's what pastors focus on. That's what world leaders like to focus on, that the world may be one, that they all may be one, that the world may know that you have sent me. Who is the they that all should be one? Is it the world? No. Jesus is not talking about the world. He's talking about disciples, true followers of Jesus. But the foundation for the fruit, which was unity of the disciples, was found in the two or three verses before that. And that's what nobody wants to focus on. Here's what Jesus said. Sanctify or set them, that is the disciples, apart according to your truth. Sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. That was to be the unifying factor, not the pursuit of unity, Jesus never called us to pursue unity. He called us to pursue him and pursue the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man will come to the Father but by me. So he said, look, if the disciples will follow me as the truth, then set them apart according to the truth that the world, unbelievers out there, may see, note that you have sent me, Father. But what's happened? Instead of wanting to pursue the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, we have decided we don't much like doing that because the truth divides. Have you noticed that? The truth always divides. It unifies those who will embrace it, but it divides those who will not embrace it in whole or in part as on the other side. Do you know that Jesus himself said that that was what was going to happen? He said, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. And what did he mean by that? He said, I came to bring division, not just unity, but division. What kind of division? Even in families, people who would not receive the truth and people who would receive the truth. That's what he was talking about. And then the scripture says that the word of God is like a sword or like a surgeon's scalpel, piercing, dividing asunder, even the thoughts, discerning the thoughts of the heart and dividing between the joints and the marrow. Wow. That's what truth does. And that's why we don't like it. Many of our pastors don't like it very much. And so they try to do what they can to skirt the truth and preach the things that they think will unify. But in the pro, in the process, what they do not realize is they're actually participating in the preparation of a one world order outside of Christ. They don't realize it. It's a subtle deception and it begins religiously. They're laying the foundation for unifying people outside of Christ and outside of the truth. And it's that kind of unity that will ultimately lead untold millions of professing Christians to apostatize ultimately and receive the mark of the beast. When they receive the mark of the beast, they will be committing themselves to the new world order. To the new global government that is replacing progressive, progressively replacing God and substituting man's best efforts. Well, that was the goal of the French Revolution. To get rid of God, we're going to we're going to replace God with reason. We're going to replace biblical righteousness with reason. So the Pope is trying to mix biblical righteousness with reason. But unfortunately, he's erring continually on the side of reason. And thereby becoming one of the chief leaders of the new world order and the global movement. It's very dangerous. Very deceptive. I hope you're listening. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. A veteran European journalist wrote, "Quote: What is emerging in Europe is a holy European empire—an attempt to rebuild the old empire united under the Pope. This is becoming blatant. The stained glass window of the Council of Europe at Strasbourg Cathedral features the Virgin Mary under a halo of twelve stars, the same stars you see on the EU flag. The Vatican is playing a major role in the creation of a new holy European empire." now metastasizing into the new world order. The Pope repeatedly called for religious unity in Europe. In fact, that means a united Catholic Europe, which was consecrated to Mary by the Vatican in 1309 A.D. Otto van Habsburg, head of the House of Habsburg, whose family dominated Europe for centuries as the continent's leading Catholic layman, wrote, what was called the social order of tomorrow. Here's what he said. Now we do possess a European symbol which belongs to all nations equally. This is the crown of the Holy Roman Empire, which embodies the tradition of Charlemagne, the ruler of the United Occident. So how then does this European symbol, which belongs to all nations, extend the Holy European Empire to become a global Holy Roman Empire? Well, that's where Tony Blair came in. And Time Magazine saw it for all that it was and said, the Catholic Church has long embodied the attributes of globalization. So this rising spirit of globalism is compelling and profoundly deceptive. And it's drawing virtually everybody into its under the mothering wings of the papacy. Now, we're not talking here about uh, people who have been raised as Roman Catholics, uh, who love Jesus and so on. We're not talking about you. We're talking about the papacy. We're talking about the Vatican, which is the smallest nation-state in the world, but arguably the most powerful. Radical proposals to reunite Anglicans with the Roman Catholic Church under the leadership of the Pope were published and have agreed, been agreed to by senior bishops of both churches. Rome has already shown itself willing to be flexible on doctrinal issues. In England and Wales, the Catholic Church is set to overtake Anglicanism as the predominant Christian denomination for the first time since the Reformation. The Roman Catholic Church teaches that the ministry of the Bishop of Rome, that is the Pope, as a universal primate, is in accordance with Christ's will for the Church and an essential element for maintaining unity and truth. So notice the word unity. Where does this unity lead? Well, let's leapfrog forward to 2005 Christmas. Pope Benedict XVI gave his message, the life-giving power of his light is an incentive for building a new world order based on ethical and economic relationships. A new world order. Then, four years later, in his encyclical, encyclical, the Supreme Pontiff Benedict XVI translated his uh, charity and truth message, a 79-point encyclical under the rubric of evangelization, portrays the Vatican as the facilitating force for instituting quote a true world political authority, and he's calling it evangelism. In 2009, Vatican City Press released a New York Times article. Pope Benedict XVI called for a radical rethinking of the global economy, urging the establishment of a true world political authority to oversee the economy and work for the common good. Wow. In 2012, December 3rd, Pope Benedict XVI delivered a speech before the Pontifical Council for Justice and Peace in Rome, in which he called for, quote, a unified world government dubbed a new evangelization of society. Notice, he's talking about a new world order using the religious language of evangelism to justify it. He talks about the construction of a world community and for a corresponding authority well, who's gonna be that authority? On May twenty-fourth, twenty fifteen. It was the most anticipated papal letter for decades, published in five languages. It came out in theguardian.com/slash world. The rare encyclical called Praise Be was time to have a maximum public impact ahead of the Pope's meeting with Barack Obama in his address to the U.N. General Assembly. It was an address by Pope Francis. He said, Pursuing the common good on issues like climate change and immigration, in other words, national sovereignty is now an obstacle to the papal visions of global government. Really? Really? Benjamin Gill and Steve Warren wrote for CBN.com, on May 6, 2019, Pope Francis is pushing for steps toward global authority that supersedes the rights of individual countries all with the ostensible goal of pursuing the so-called common good. On February 18, 2016, Vatican City gave a message. talking about the New World Order as Pope Francis was receiving the Charlemagne Prize to establish the Holy Roman Empire that began with Charlemagne in 800 A.D. Then in June of 2017, he was speaking, that that is, Francis was speaking with Ecuador's El Universo newspaper, and he said the United Nations doesn't have enough power and must be granted full government control for the good of humanity. Really? So here's the question that I have for you. Can the imposter Christ be far behind? No. That's the looming question for Christians. This may be a bit of a struggle for many Catholic people because you have been raised under... Uh, the respect for the Pope, and so on. Uh, But the Pope, believe it or not, you may not realize it, but the papacy claims to rule the world, claims to have rulership over all the governments of the world already. It is the resurrection, the religious blending of the ancient Roman Empire that once ruled the world. Now, before we go further, I want to make available to you my book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. We should say the soon-coming imposter. $22 will put it in your hands. Uh, People now are buying multiple copies, giving it to their friends, their pastors, and so on. Because time is getting very short. It's moving very, very quickly, friends. Very quickly. And it's not just about information. We need to have the information, but we need to have it applied to our own lives. What should we then do? How should we respond? Because the reality is, if you're not strong in the Lord and the power of His might, you are going to succumb. You will succumb. This is coming like a railroad train, like a freight train. But it's coming quietly, quite quietly, and it's being promoted not only by the Democratic Party in this country and by global liberals in the various nations of the world, particularly in Western Europe, but by the Pope, who supposedly carries the ultimate moral authority. Are you beginning to see the persuasive power of this new global government? It is an effort, ultimately, to replace God. To replace God with a man who will claim to be God. Oh, but he'll come in quietly. He'll come in surreptitiously. He'll come in like the fog on little cat feet. He'll come on the wings of peace like a snow-white dove. But in the end, it will not be his pure sweet love. It won't be a voice from above. It will be a voice from below, the investment of Satan himself in a man called the Antichrist, the counterfeit Christ, the imposter. $22 on our website, saveus.org. You can write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. In this next segment, we're going to take a look at uh, a little bit of a breakdown of the Pope's announcement in this new book. Then we're going to take a look at uh, the coronavirus And how it is being used to usher in this new world order. Some say, as it was all planned a year ago, a little over a year ago, was it really all about flattening the curve? That was supposed to take 15 days. Now it's been almost 15 months. And as the majority of the people, or half of the people on the planet, particularly in the United States and Western Europe, are being vaccinated, they're being told, you still have to wear a mask. And you still need to socially distance. Really? I thought it was all about flattening the curve. No, my friends, it's about flattening freedom. That's what it's about, flattening freedom. To pave the way for control, ultimate control. And look how easily it's been accomplished. No wonder Dr. Birx announced six months ago how surprised she and Dr. Fauci were that Americans were so easily brought under submission. And now Dr. Fauci, his lordship, is declaring, do what we say. the governors are following where is all this leading we'll be right back
0: have you ever considered what the early church was like incredible but the same can be found right now go to save us.org and click sell church we can revive first century christianity for the 21st century it's about people not programs it's about a body not a building that's save us.org click sell church
1: the world will never be the same again said pope francis in his latest book We must grasp those signs which may prove to be the cornerstones of reconstruction of the world. He said we cannot emerge from a crisis like this pandemic the same as before. We have to build a new world order from it based on solidarity. What does solidarity mean? It's a buzzword, friends. Solidarity is a liberal buzzword meaning you agree or else And if you don't agree, you're not in solidarity and you must be removed. If you do agree, you're in solidarity. Are you beginning to get the picture? Those who don't agree or who do not come under the increasing authority of a one world order must be selected out, as the New Agers say, a euphemism for persecution and even removal from the earth this is the direction things are going you don't see it yet but it is coming and it's in writing the united nations has put these things in writing previously and people just don't know, just don't know it they thought it was just a conspiracy theory but now it's a conspiratorial reality The Pope said the path to humanity's salvation passes through the creation of a new model of development. Salvation? Humanity's salvation? Notice he's using a Christian word, but he's using it secularly to lead you to believe that it's all spiritual. No, it's not spiritual what he's suggesting. What he's suggesting is secular, humanity's self-salvation. This is what the French Revolution had in mind, liberty, equality, and fraternity. And in order to achieve it, they had to kill off everyone by Madame Guillotine who didn't agree. The path to humanity's salvation says the Pope passes through the creation of a new model of development. What is that? A vague term, a new model of development, which he said unquestionably focus on coexistence among peoples in harmony with creation. Notice, creation now takes front row center. Mother Earth replaces the lordship of Father God. Mother Earth is now what the Pope says will unite us and we will be in unquestioned coexistence among our peoples in harmony with Mother Earth. Where's his focus on Father God? I thought he was the vicar of Christ. Isn't Christ supposed to draw us to the Father? No man can come to the Father but by me, said Jesus. But that's not what the Pope is doing. He's playing a game, my friends. He's using religion as a device to raise up a secular new world order to save the world. He said, if we seize the current trial, that is, the pandemic, as an opportunity, we can prepare for tomorrow under the banner of human fraternity. Please, please listen. This is exactly what the French Revolution stood for. Liberty, equality, and fraternity. This is what the Pope claims to be preaching. Liberty, equality, and fraternity. Notice, we can prepare for tomorrow under the banner of human fraternity. Friends, this is a false brotherhood. This is not the brotherhood of Christ that the Bible talks about. This is the so-called euphemistic brotherhood of man. Well, we may all be created in God's image, but that doesn't make us all brothers. Now, I want to point out to you, based upon our program last week, when we talked about the Pope's uh, message to go to Iraq, he said it was urgent. Now, what made it urgent for Pope Francis to go to Iraq a week ago? No pope had ever gone to Iraq while the Christians were being persecuted and driven out of existence. He said that the reason was because he didn't want those Christians that were remaining to feel left out. Well, that was the What he wanted people to believe, but what he really went there for was to unite the Muslims under the Vatican's wings. That's what he really did. And that's why he went to one of the leaders of the Muslim world, embraced him and called him his brother. No, friends, that's, that's not what Christians do. That's not what the true vicar of Christ would do. He would only do that with a true follower of Christ. Because the use of the term brother and brothers and sisters is reserved within the Christian communication only for those who are true spirit-led fathers, followers of Jesus Christ. But he didn't do that. And the reason he didn't do that was because he has an ulterior motive. The real motive had nothing to do with the Christians. It had to do with the Muslims, Sunni and Shiite. He wants to somehow work the two of them together and then establish this euphemistic brotherhood, a false brotherhood, of solidarity on human terms. Kind of like saying, well, we're all in this together. But where is his representation of the gospel of Jesus Christ? It's not there. It's not there. And there's a reason. Because if it were there, he wouldn't be able to accomplish his ulterior motive, his real agenda, which was... Worldly, global unity. So this calling for human fraternity is actually an unbiblical call. If you want to call for fraternity in Christ and call the nations together, the peoples of the country, the, the, the world together in Christ, that's one thing. But that's not his message. Then he says, against this planetary discord, we need political action that is the fruit of international harmony. What's he talking about here? Political action that's the fruit of international harmony? In other words, if you don't agree with the new world order, the secular new world order, and this false democracy that will be ruled only by those who agree with the Pope and the liberal New World Order, then you are in discord. And you are going to need a political authority to bring you under dominion and compel you to agree, or you're going to have to either be imprisoned or removed from the planet. political action, the fruit of international harmony? Who's going to be in harmony to do this? And if it's really democracy, as they say, where's the harmony? No, that's not what it's about at all. So Francis called for the end to, quote, short-sighted nationalism. Nationalism and other forms of, quote, political selfishness, unquote. Please listen now. God divided the nations. Did you know that? The Bible says that God divided the nations, but man didn't like it. Man decided after the flood, no, we're going to gather together, and we're not going to do this division thing. It doesn't make us feel comfortable, so... We're going to assert our own power and our own authority. And so they began the building of the Tower of Babel under Nimrod. Nimrod was a great leader, the Bible says. So they began to build this tower that would reach under heaven. And Genesis 11 tells us that God looked down and he saw what they were doing, but he also saw why they were doing it. They were trying to circumvent God's plan for the world and that is that the nations would be divided and each nation would govern its own area and the people within it but they weren't satisfied with that they wanted a new world order they wanted a global government and God said "Uh uh-oh now they're all speaking the same thing and nothing will be restrained from them that they imagined to do and God confounded their language The world has tried this over and over again. Alexander the Great tried it. The Romans tried it. And the Roman Catholic Church is the inheritor of the ancient Roman Empire that never fully died. It's being resurrected. Even as even as Israel was resurrected in 1948, even as the United Nations was brought into existence to lay the foundation for a one-world order in 1945. And now, the official declarations coming from three successive popes over the past, what, 40 years, calling for this ultimate rebuilding of the Tower of Babel and a new world order. No wonder Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world, no wonder he set forth plans in our nation's capital to build his new world headquarters in the form of a ziggurat, the ancient Tower of Babel, and had it published all over the country and around the world. They contend, Pope Francis contends that uh, that these new systems are needed to promote equality and unity. Equality and unity. Equality and unity on what foundation? On whose standard? Then, this announcement, coronavirus crisis ushering in a new world order, and it was all planned last fall. Actually, it would be a year ago fall. The flattening of the curve was a myth. Billionaire Bill Gates, co-founder of Microsoft Corp., called an entrepreneur, normal guy, and potential savior of the world. His raison d'etre or reason for being is his father's globalism. To have one world order under one master because humans are superfluous, reckless breeders, the concept behind Planned Parenthood, supported by Melinda Gates, his own wife. The family legacy is domination and control of the world's systems, including technology, medicine, and agriculture. Where God and religion have been disparaged and removed from daily life, Bill Gates sees the reins. And the Gates Foundation funds international consortia that influence vaccination policies and disseminate propaganda. And they had to replace Donald J. Trump and his vision of capitalism with a new global economy and humanism supported by the Vatican, George Soros, Jeffrey Sachs, the U.N. Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, on the so-called sustainable development goals. Their vision is to ensure population control, governance over the planet. How much more can we possibly weave in? Get a copy of Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Impostor. $22 on our website, saveus.org. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA, and please sincerely become a partner to prepare the way of the Lord for history's final hour. God bless and be a blessing.